is coming up now on Established in the Faith. Coming in November, there is an election taking place. And you need to get to the polls. And you need to vote the Word of God. Because if you don't, we're going to lose more of our freedoms and our ability to preach the gospel will be gone. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 5, we're going to begin with verse 6 today, and the king and his men went to Jerusalem unto the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, which spake unto David, saying, except thou take away the blind and the lame, Thou shalt not come in hither, thinking that David cannot come in hither. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, the same is the city of David. And I want to continue with the message we started last week, taking the stronghold of Zion. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this honor and this privilege that I have to stand before these people. And Lord, I just ask for the anointing of your Spirit to rest upon me. Help me to rightly divide this word of truth. Anoint your people to hear it and to receive it. May they hear today and hear correctly. Lord, may they be edified and drawn closer to you. May you be glorified. And Lord, today we are careful to give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. David is now the king over all of Israel. And the first thing that he does is king. He takes the stronghold of Zion. The Jebusite built a stronghold right there in the very heart of Israel, the city of Jerusalem. Joshua, some 400 years earlier, had conquered this area. And then later on, the tribe of Judah would go in and do the exact same thing again. And great victories were won in both of these instances. But Israel did not go in and occupy the area. They did not lay a claim on the great victory that was won there. Nobody would go in and build anything, claim anything. And because of that, the Jebusites over time moved right back in and built a stronghold there in Jerusalem, the very heart of Israel. And I said all of that this morning to say this. 
The moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He defeated the Jebusites of the sin nature that's in your life. He spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Do you believe it? You need to lay a claim on it. You need to start walking in that victory. You need to build on it. You need to maintain it. Because if you don't, the Jebusites of the sin nature will build a stronghold in your life. And that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to build a stronghold in your heart, in the very center of your being, the very place where you commune and have relationship with God. These Jebusites, they were the most fierce of all the Canaanites, the hardest ones to get rid of. We dealt with some strongholds last week, but let me tell you about some other strongholds today. Dana, if you will, pull it up on the screen. 2 Timothy 3, starting with verse 1. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. There is a religious stronghold in the church today. The Bible says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. We're not talking about the world out here. But he's speaking to the church. The church of the last days, men would be lovers of their own selves. In other words, homosexuality in the church is no problem. Could grace of mercy, we have one denomination now that is debating over the gender of God. Why are we even debating over such as that? Because we live in a gender-neutral society. And we don't want to offend anybody. If I offend you, I'm sorry. But I'm going to let you know right now, I'm more concerned about offending God than I am you. He is my Heavenly Father, and I can go to Him whenever I so desire, and you can too. And He can supply every need you have, and He did it through and by Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God that died on Calvary's cross for you 2,000 years ago. And again, do you believe it? If you believe it, lay a claim on it. Walk in it. Maintain it. But men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Don't just limit that to your children not listening to what you're saying. It has to do with authority. A disobedience to authority. And there are people in this nation that are being disobedient to authority. And I don't care who you are. If a police officer tells you to stop, you need to stop. If you keep running and you turn around like you're going to shoot them, you're going to get shot. 
You're being disobedient to authority, and you're going to get whatever's coming to you. Let me go on. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Unholy. Without natural affection. Let me tell you this. When people give more money to help a sick dog than they do to give to a human being that's in need, that is unnatural affection. Without natural affection. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Boy, don't we see that taking place today. Despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Do you know a lot of churches now on Wednesday night, they want to pull up the TV set and watch episodes of Andy Griffith and talk about all the good things that Andy Griffith does? What happened to the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God? Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Catch this, verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the Spirit of God to work within their hearts and lives and make them into what they ought to be. Form of godliness, denying the power. He said, from such, turn away. There is a movement afoot in our nation today. Actually, it's worldwide. It's worse than I thought. Called the Grace Revolution Movement. That says that when Jesus died on Calvary, He paid for all sin, past, present, future, And because of that, you can just live any old way you want to live. Do whatever you want to do, and you don't have to ask God to forgive you. It's automatically forgiven because Jesus died for all sin, past, present, future. Try that with your wife, sir. You say something to offend your wife, see how well that relationship will go. See how long that'll last. How in the round world do you think you can offend God and get away with it and not ask Him to forgive you? The Bible says if we confess our sins, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's talking to the church, he's talking to believers, you, child of God, me, if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we need to go before the Lord. And ask Him to forgive us when we slip and fall. And I'm not giving you a license to sin. Any preacher that will stand up and tell you, you can just go out here and do whatever you want to do, no problem. And you'll, you know, when the trump sounds, you're going to go in the rapture. You don't need to be listening to it. You ain't going. But we got a whole generation today that has come up in the church 
And they say, I'm saved, I've accepted Christ, I believe Jesus, I believe He died on the cross, I believe He rose from the dead, but yet they don't have a problem with shacking up. Come on now. It is a religious stronghold. Oh, good grace and mercy. Change the subject a little bit now. But there is a stronghold of socialism that's in our country today. It's been in our country now for a long time. It's been in our schools. And it's been in our colleges. And now it's in the political arena. Ronald Reagan said that socialism can put clothes on your back, a roof over your head, food on the table. Just like any prison can do. Another one said that any government that can give you anything you want is big enough to take everything you got. And one particular political figure said the other day, if I, I ain't going to call her name because I don't want to mess up my, my message and get get y'all upset, but one political figure said the other day, the biggest mistake that Donald Trump has made is by putting more money into the hands of the people. That is a waste of the nation's resources. Now you think of that. That's what we've got in our nation. David said, if you'll look there in 2 Samuel 5 verse 8, he looked at his arm and he said, get up there to that gutter and smite the Jebusites. Child of God, coming in November, there is an election taking place in our country. And you need to get to the polls and you need to vote the Word of God. Because if you don't, we're going to lose more of our freedoms and our ability to preach the gospel will be gone. And God has granted us a reprieve in this past election. And we've got a short time to preach the gospel. We've got a short time to do what God wants us to do. And we need to be busy about the Father's business. David said, get up to the gutter. Jerusalem was a walled city. It had, the walls were there for protection. And right around the eaves of the walls were where the water spout was at. Same as the gutters on your house, if you've got any gutters. Those walls were tall. And he told his men to get up there to the gutter and smite the Jebusites. That's some hard work. I said all that to say this. When it comes to strongholds in your life, Jesus died on Calvary to win the victory, but there's still some effort, there's still some things that you have to do. Well, Brother James, what is that? I can't tell you what that is. But you need to develop enough relationship with Jesus Christ that He tells you what you need to do, and you do it. You put in that effort. Do whatever Jesus Christ tells you to do, and you'll win the victory. Every time. We're at a war. 
but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Diana, if you will, pull it up on the screen. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not a physical thing where you can take a gun and shoot the devil. It's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What in the world does that mean? It means that God has provided everything you need to win the victory. And it was done at Calvary's cross. Do you believe it? Lay a claim on it. Walk in it. Maintain it. Jesus said you have to deny yourself if you're going to come after me. You're going to have to deny yourself, take up the cross daily, and follow me. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. This war takes place in the battlefield of your mind. And Satan is an expert at planting thoughts in your mind that are not right, that's not godly. And whenever those thoughts come into your mind and it does not line up with the Word of God, you need to cast them out. You need to stop thinking about that kind of stuff. And Jesus is going to tell some of you, you need to leave Facebook alone, and you need to cut CNN off, and some of these other news reports that are coming out that are very liberal, you need to cut that off and stop listening to it. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. If it's against this book, you need to cast it down. You need to veer away from it, stay away from it. Don't listen to it. Bring it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Again, everything that's contrary to this book, you need to cast it down. And if it's contrary to this book, you need to vote against it. All right, Dana, go back to 2 Samuel 5, verse 8. David said, whosoever gets up to the gutter and smites the Jebusites. He talks about the lame and the blind that are the hated of David's soul. David was not speaking derogatory toward the handicapped. But what he's saying is that he hates anything that stands in the way of him getting victory. And you, as a child of God, you need to develop a hatred in your heart toward anything and everything that's keeping you from having the victorious life in Jesus Christ that you ought to have. The church today is spiritually handicapped due to a lack of preaching and teaching as it pertains to the finished work of Christ. And if you do not apply yourself, if you don't walk in the victory... Claim it, believe it, build on it, maintain it. You will be spiritually blind and your walk with God will be lame. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Now, David defeated 
the Jebusites. And if you look there in verse 9, 2 Samuel 5, verse 9, it says that David dwelt in the fort, and he called it the city of David. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, He came to dwell on the inside of you. And you are the temple of God. Let's go on and look at more of what he said. Verse 9, latter part. And David built round about from Milo and inward. If we'll let Jesus Christ have his way within our hearts and lives, he'll build up those areas in your life that's lacking. It'll be an inward work that takes place and it'll show outwardly that's grace divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life all right the jebusites were defeated that day but some of them were allowed to stay if they surrendered if they agreed to assimilate according to Jewish customs and so forth, then they were allowed to stay. I think that would be a good rule of thumb as it pertains to immigration in our country. If people want to come in here and assimilate and go by our rules and laws, I don't have a problem with it. But when folks want to come in here and change our government and institute their laws and so forth, I don't mean this ugly, but they need to stay over there. I don't care who they are. But that was the immigration policy then. It should be our immigration policy today. Oh, and let me go ahead and say this. I might as well go. I, I've already lost listeners, but let me just go ahead and shell it down, tell it like it is. But if Jerusalem had a wall around it 2,000 years ago, guess what? I think it wouldn't be wrong for America to have a wall around it too. The holy city, Jerusalem in heaven, has got a wall around it. And there's nothing wrong with having walls and having some kind of policies in place, because you don't want any and everybody coming in. David done fought the battle, and he said, if y'all are going to stay here, you're going to have to abide by these rules. And some of the Jebusites were allowed to stay. Because in the 24th chapter of Second Samuel, we see where David went to one of those Jebusites called Aruna. Aruna the Jebusite. And he actually bought the threshing floor that belonged to Aruna the Jebusite, he built an altar there. That same altar uh, later on would be where Solomon's temple was built. But I said all that to say this. The Jebusite of the sin nature was defeated in your heart and life the day you got saved. But God didn't remove it. It's still there. And Why? Why does God leave it there? He leaves it there for disciplinarial purposes. He leaves it there to keep you humble. He leaves it there to let you know that you ain't all that. The Apostle Paul talked about it in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 6 verse 12. He said, let not sin the sin nature. Therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. 
Jesus Christ defeated the sin nature in your life today you got saved, but that sin nature is still there. He's bound up. And if you listen to it, then that sin nature will have a resurrection in your life, and you're going to have a stronghold there. You're going to have problems. And he talked about it there in the 6th chapter of Romans. He said, neither yield your members, that's the members of the physical body, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, unto the sin nature. Don't, don't use the members of your physical body to sin. Jesus said it's better for you if, you, if your hand offends you, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into life lame than have your whole body cast into the lake of fire. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves to God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Sin has no right to be in your life. And if there's a stronghold in your life, it could be any number of things. It's going to take a little effort on your part. But it's whatever He tells you to do, the Lord Jesus Christ. He defeated that Jebusite on Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago. You, as a child of God, you need to lay claim on it. You need to maintain it, build on it, walk in it, maintain it. And say, I'm not going to allow this stronghold to be in my life. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 